This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. Hi, and welcome to The Law School Show with your host, Paige Miltenberg. Today, I'm here with Christy Pagnello and Michael Liberty, both senior lawyers at a legal aid clinic called Neighborhood Legal Services. So I'm going to start with first an introduction of you guys and about Neighborhood Legal Services. So could you describe Neighborhood Legal Services, the areas of law you guys cover, the staff team? Okay, Neighborhood Legal Services is part of Legal Aid Ontario. One part of Legal Aid Ontario is the um, criminal and family law certificate side. And then the other side is what's called poverty law. Uh, and legal clinics are part of the poverty law side of legal aid. And every municipality in Ontario has a legal aid clinic. And Toronto, of course, has many more legal aid clinics and specialty clinics. Uh, our clinic covers London and Middlesex. Uh, a lot of the laws we do are income security, uh, which means Ontario works issues, Ontario disability issues, Canada pension disability is issues, criminal injuries compensation board issues, and landlord and tenant issues. And recently we got into uh, employment law issues for low income people. What prevalent legal problems do you see clients having here? They're the most well, prevalent. Yeah, mo well, mostly our clients have, the, have a problem of not having enough money for food and shelter to provide for themselves and their families. And the biggest issue we see here is people who have perhaps been sitting for years on Ontario Works, which is really meant to be a temporary form of assistance, um, but they're sitting on Ontario Works stuck there, um, yet being disabled and not able to work. So properly, they should be on the Ontario Disability Support Program, but they're often turned down and they sometimes don't know to appeal, and sometimes that can go on for a long time. So that's the sort of thing that we, the thing we most help people with, which gets them a little more money for something, for a slightly better life in terms of being able to provide for themselves and their children. Mm -hmm. What is the role of a lawyer working in a legal aid clinic? I think it's being uh, a voice for the poor, uh, low-income people. That's part of the great part of this job is not only do you do uh, individual casework, but part of your mandate is to do uh, law reform, community development, and public legal so that the issues of low-income people are better known to the three levels of government and the community as a whole. And that's part of my favorite part of this job is working on trying to bring forward uh, systematic changes to make the lives of low-income people better. And I think what I would add to that is, you know, the role of a lawyer in a legal aid clinic or a community clinic like this, as opposed to more traditional areas of law that people do in private practice, is that sometimes, in some cases it's, it's obvious what someone needs help with, and we help them if it falls within the areas we cover. Um, but there's other times where it takes a little more care and attention and sometimes compassion, where we're sort of pulling back the layers of the onion to sort of even figure out what it is they need help with, mm. because it, clients of ours sometimes can't even express that directly. So um, we, as lawyers in a in a community clinic, often wear a social worker hat, 
Um, and we have to be really compassionate and constantly recognize and, and do critical thinking about understanding the place of privilege we come from and how that impacts how we deal with people so that we can really be effective in um, dealing with our population. So what's your favorite part of each of your roles? I, I believe mine is the diversity in the role. You're not only helping one-on-one uh, -on -one with clients, but you're being the voice of low-income people. I think that's kind of what I like about this job is that you're not doing the same thing over and over and over again. You will uh, get a community project or a law, law reform project that you work with others and that keeps you uh, interested in the job. And that's why I've been in it for over 25 years. Yeah, so just adding to what Mike said, because it, it is true that we're able to do more than casework in a community legal clinic, um, because we don't have to be concerned with the bottom line or constantly billing people. Um, we can help in many ways. But I think I think the most rewarding part about it is, is that generally, with the exception of a few clients who from time to time are more difficult to deal with, and that is likely just due to their mental health problems. But in general, our clients are extremely gracious and kind and so appreciative of the help they get. Sometimes it's the only time in their lives they've had a lawyer looking to protect them or someone advocating for them, and they're very appreciative. Um, so my favorite part is being able to be compassionate in the work I do, but I know your next question is what's the most difficult part, <laughs> and my answer to that is the same. The most difficult part is being compassionate and, and continuing to be. So a solution for me has been that a lot of my students do some parts of my job, which saves my sort of mental or compassionate energy for, mm -hmm. for, when, for those times when I do have interactions with the client and I still can be compassionate, so yeah. I think that's important. Ensuring you don't get compassion fatigue. Or yeah, it's a like way that. of preventing that. What about you, Mike? What is the most difficult part of your job? I think the most difficult part of our job is that our clients are coming to us with a multitude of problems and we can only help them to a certain degree on the on the specific issue that came with us. Like, as, as Christy said, uh, most of them are living in abject poverty. If you're on Ontario Works, you're so below the poverty line, it's hard to maintain any type of living standards. So a lot of the work we do is trying to get those people to onto ODSP, Ontario Disability, it, um, but they have so many other issues and the problem is we don't provide enough wraparound services to those clients for all other issues they have mm -hmm. that is not really legal in nature. Yeah, very true. So Mike, I know you're involved with a lot of different advocacy in initiatives and I just have one question for you. How do you think the experience of poverty impacts your clients? Well, I think poverty uh, impacts you in so many aspects of your life. Not only financially, you, do, you have a hard time finding decent, affordable place for example, if you're on Ontario Works, they give you approximately 380 bucks a month to try to find a place to live in for shelter, which includes your rent and utilities, which is almost impossible in a city like London. I can't even imagine like Ottawa or Toronto how that is. Even if we get them on ODSP, the shelter component goes up to $480. Again, almost impossible to live on. So poverty impacts people not only providing for their basic needs of food and shelter, 
but you see the great impact on their physical health because they're not eating properly and also on their mental health. We have a famous psychiatrist we worked with many, many years in London who said, of course, poverty impacts people and mentally. How, how can you not be depressed when, when you have nothing to look forward to except just covering your basic needs? Mm-hmm. So I know you're involved in a lot of them, but what kind of advocacy initiatives or community groups have you really gotten involved with and what has well, been the outcome of those? Um, I think uh, in London here, I, I've been lucky enough to be the chair of the London Advocates Network, uh, which is between 50 and 75 agencies, which meets with the local ODSP office, Ontario Works office, to try to work out uh, local issues, but also to work on provincial and federal issues. So people at the table realize that there's an issue and then we can advocate. And we've had some success in moving forward on that. Another uh, big initiative here in London is the Child and Youth Network. And we sit on the poverty table, trying to improve those uh, the lives of those living in poverty in London. And we've made n- numerous submissions to the provincial government to try to improve and change some of the uh, draconian Ontario Works and ODSP laws. And we've had a lot of success in that area in the last decade. So that, that kind of thing keeps you motivated when you see some success, because sometimes you put a lot of work into certain projects, gets nowhere, but in others they do, and that keeps you wanting to come to work. Mm-hmm. So why do you think it's important for legal aid clinics to get involved with these kind of initiatives? Well, because I think the, the people that uh, don't really have a voice for themselves are those living in poverty. They're too busy trying to meet ends meet, a lot of them don't have the capacity to advocate for change that they they need. And I think those with wealth, those in the middle class, they have people speaking on their behalf to different levels of government. And I think the, the role of the legal clinics is to bring forward issues. So that's it's on the agenda to bring, to bring needed change. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the important roles that we do. So what about for problems that are not purely legal problem. And and that's an issue that in the long run I like to see the legal aid uh, clinics have is uh, we have social work students um, that assist our clients in what we call wraparound services to assist them to get connected to things they need like mental health services or addiction services or help trying to find better housing or more appropriate housing. So I would like to see that clinics in the future uh, have that connection so that we can provide not only legal services, but more wraparound services. Very good. So Christy, I know you do a lot of work with the students at um, who work at Legal Aid. So what is the role that legal students play at your clinic? Well, it depends on what kind of placement they're in, but um, we have our students do a lot of hands-on work here. Uh, We have law practice program students from Ryerson, usually about three every year, who are full-time from January to April, and they get to do it all. We work them up to the point where they're doing their own hearings, for instance, so they get Mm -hmm. to be involved in a file from the beginning to the end, um, and they get um, great experience. 
we've had other volunteers from other law mm-hmm. schools or also through the pro bono um, students Canada program through we've had some Western law students come and help mm-hmm. out too and they'll often do research as well um, as well as client interviewing submissions that sort of thing so um, I generally we've had a st- we've had students in the past from Ottawa who choose to do sort of their January term here so they'll come for a month sometimes and then we do sometimes have regular articling students who do the full 11 months of articling here. The problem is, even though we put in every year for the lottery from Legal Aid Ontario that, that funds some articling positions across the province, we never seem to win the lottery, so it's an unpaid placement. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, so it just just as the LPP work placement is, they... Yeah. they if, if they do the LPP work placement, then they, they do a bunch of courses, coursework, and then they come here for from January to April. That's also unpaid. But there's certainly, and I can speak to, I know that's going to be one of the things you want to know about is opportunities in the clinic system. A number of those students we've had who have done their placements or worked here for no remuneration have gone on to get jobs in the clinic system. Yeah. What? How do you mentor students? What kind of support do you provide to articling students working here? Well, you know, mentoring really is largely the process of them observing you in your role and Mm -hmm. seeing you do the things you do and seeing how you interact with clients and how you handle problems and even how you how you speak to people, how you leave messages on a phone, how you draft a letter, all those sort of professionalism type things and, and how you handle yourself. That's an important part of mentoring. Um, so when students start here, there's a period of observation where they do that. And then, of course, part of mentoring is is providing the feedback, both constructive feedback based on mistakes students make, which they will, as well as positive feedback that increases confidence. And we do that because the sooner we get students doing, as opposed to just observing, the more they learn. And we supervise them really well. And um, yeah, they get quite good at it by the end of not usually a long period. Yeah. So why do you think students should consider getting involved in legal aid work? Um, Initially, they should do it because it's a great way to learn. Um, Even though our files definitely have a shorter turnaround time than files you might see in private practice. For example, a disability file here is almost in some ways a mini motor vehicle accident or long-term disability lawsuit mm-hmm. case that you would see in private practice. So um, when you go to a law firm, a busy law firm with big files that take forever, you're often involved in tiny little parts and lots of research and that sort of thing. When you come into a clinic to do any of your work, you get to do it all. And mm-hmm. it's a great way to learn. Um, so that's a benefit to doing it when you're young. And as time goes on, um, there's certainly lots of opportunities in Legal Aid Ontario posts almost weekly jobs for lawyers um, across the province of Ontario, both sometimes duty council roles, sometimes bilingual roles, sometimes clinics, and you know, and, and, and we've had students who have gone on, we have a student right now who's gone on and opened his own practice and is doing um, family and criminal certificate work, for instance. So mm-hmm. there's lots of opportunities for work in, in those areas and with legal aid. And then you add to that sort of the rewarding aspect of it, and it's a great place to head to. Yeah. I, I would say it's all also an eye-opening experience that if you're in law school, you should connect with the legal aid clinics, with associate with the law school, or even volunteer at legal aid clinics. Because you see how a large portion of our population live that probably a lot of you have not seen if you unless you come from low-income families. Mm-hmm. The, the struggles they meet, it, it, it's an eye-opener. 
and maybe will change your perspective on certain things for the future. Yeah. Yeah, it's a chance to see another part of the world that you may not have had any encounters with before. Very true. What were your guys' ambitions after graduating law school? How'd they lead you to neighborhood legal services? Well, to be honest with you, I got lucky to get into the legal aid, uh, the legal clinic system. I finished law school, went to a big law firm in Articled, hated my experience. Totally hated it. Hated the law I did. Um, did not enjoy it whatsoever. And uh, a friend of mine who's working at Neighborhood Legal Services says there was a four-month uh, opening to cover maternity leave. I jumped at it and fell in love with the work because it, as I said, you're not only doing file work, but you're doing this other type of work that I've described before, but also it allows you to have a life outside of law. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people that I grew up with still working way too hard, 60, 70 hours a week uh, after 20, 25 years in the system. If you work at a legal clinic system, you have a quality of life. Mm -hmm. You work hard, but the weekends are to your own. <laughs> And, and you're doing stuff that you like or you take on initiatives that you want. Mm -hmm. And so that is the aspect that I would encourage young lawyers to look into. If they want a quality of life, the uh, legal clinic system offers that. Yeah, very true. What about you, Christy? How did you end up at Neighborhood Legal Services? Well, I had been, I had, when I first went to law school, I always wanted to do family law. So I articled in that area primarily and then was hired back at the law firm that I articled at and was doing lots of family law and was pretty happy with it and then the family lawyer left that firm to go to Ottawa in fact, mm. and then I was stuck doing a lot of personal injury and things that I didn't like as much um, when I was doing family law um, I had, did a lot of legal aid work so I had was pretty familiar with what legally aided clients were like and what some of their challenges were and and what and what they were also like as people to deal with um, and so when the job posting for neighborhood legal services came up I, I think I applied to that one as well as um, I'd done a lot of child protection defense work when I was doing family law which you often do as a young family lawyer because there's lots of certificates at the time you could get a legal aid certificate if you were a parent defending um, against CAS action so mm -hmm. um, so I applied to both and then um, this came through and I'm glad because I think child protection work wouldn't have been would have been not so fun in the long term yeah. <laughs> whereas this has been great so what this leads me to my last question that I have for both of you is what continues to inspire you to do this type of work? I think the diversity that I described before, that you're not stuck doing file work that can mm -hmm. be monotonous to some people after a while. It's just that the, the other aspects of the job are great. Mm -hmm. The other aspect that I love that inspires me to this work is that I still have a quality of life mm -hmm. after work. Um, and we're pretty relaxed around here. I don't have to wear a suit. <laughs> I get to wear a baseball hat every day and come into work in jeans. So unless I have a hearing and our hearings are not in front of judges, that's another great aspect of this job. It's administrative tribunal, so it's much more relaxed. The rules are much more relaxed. So all those aspects. Mm -hmm. I think anytime you're in one, Mike and I have both 
done this for a long time, and I think when when whenever you're in the same job for a lot for a long time, you you naturally look to ways to make it more interesting and to mm-hmm. stay in touch and to know you know no one wants to be doing the exact same thing every day for like 15 years. So you look for ways to evolve in your career. For me, it's been evolving in on doing more on the student side of things. With this clinic, when I came here, really didn't have students except for the odd like high school co-op student or something. Um, and so that's a way that I've continued to stay motivated and inspired. And it is inspiring to work with students and that helps um, as well as just, um, you know, you you do a job like this and it works for you and you enjoy it and you grow in it and yeah so you stay put when you're happy yeah okay I have just one more question for you guys actually yeah. <laughs> I know mm-hmm. where do you hope to see legal aid clinic work go in the future I I'm not sure in general but I know mm-hmm. I would like to see this clinic continue to grow we've had a lot of growth over time as we've moved into precarious employment law and as we we London Middlesex traditionally is an area where um, we always have a, a greater proportion of people needing our services to who we are here, being able to help them. Mm-hmm. So that over time, whenever there's been expansion in the clinic system, this clinic is always has always expanded. So it'd be nice if if this clinic could continue to expand, um, and it would be nice to still give opportunities to students and maybe other opportunities to students as time goes on in other areas. Mm-hmm. Mike. Well, my hope is we're still around. I'm the pessimist that the legal clinic system is unique. It only exists in Ontario. Mm. Um, British Columbia had it, but they got rid of it during the age of austerity about a decade ago. So my always concern is if there are cuts to legal aid, we may be first on the block. Mm-hmm. So we always are concerned about that because we think we offer a lot to low-income people. But if if we do continue to survive, uh, as as uh, Christy says, it would be nice. There are still black holes where people of low income do not have lawyers to help them, like creditor debtor issues. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many issues where there's a lack of help for low income people. But I also would first thing I would like to see is social workers at the clinics helping with uh, wraparound services. Yeah. Very true. Well, thank you guys so much for speaking with me. I think you've really given some great insight to future lawyers and to current lawyers. You've just been listening to The Law School Show. You can find all our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or at our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook and get the latest updates from The Law School Show. Advice right to your earbuds.